Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. We've got a real quacker for you this week as we talk Count Duckula and Darkwing Duck. Get it? Quacker! And we'll also talk about the Mighty Ducks, the cartoon. And we'll probably mention the movie. I mean, I guess we have to, right? So, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm alright, I'm alright, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, I mean, we're in lockdown again. Yeah, lockdown. Um, I mean, nothing changes for me, I still have to go to work. I was a bit disappointed about that one. You're, you still have to go into the office? or Yeah, I thought I was going to get um, another three months off work, you know, just... Um, doing stuff from home, doing what I can, but nope, still in the office, still back to normal. Oh, okay, so... Uh, it does feel know. like, it does feel like kind of like, you know, like, you know, like a minor lockdown, no one cares, like everyone's still doing the same thing. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like the lockdown of before. No. Because you still got the footy on, you still, yeah. like, things are still happening, which I'm actually... You know, I'm quite happy about that. I mean, they took the football away, and it would just, it would be like lockdown again. And yeah, but it's kind of like a, a di- like you said, it's a different lockdown. It's not the same kind. So yeah, it'll be it'll be um a lot more bearable as yeah. as a lockdown can be. Right, let's uh, get started. We're gonna start with uh, Count Duckula, and this show came out in uh, September. 1988, and uh, some of the things happening in the world. 300,000 people demonstrate for independence in the Soviet-occupied Estonia. American diver Greg Luganis smashes his head on a diving board during the three-meter springboard preliminaries at the Seoul Olympics, but recovers to qualify for the final, which he wins the following day. Carl Lewis runs the world record for 100 meters in 9.92 seconds. Obviously, it's quite a sporty roundup because obviously you had the Olympics. Gorillas in the Mist was in the cinemas. And Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses was number one in the charts. What a tune. What a tune. There's an outside chance you might get three for three. But knowing you... I think this will be as good as it gets. <laughs> I mean, is it, Guns N' Roses is always going to be my my thing. Like, yeah, I mean, you might know the artists, but maybe you might not know the the song. But um, we'll uh, we'll find out in uh, in due course. So uh, Count Duckula. So this was a British animated comedy horror TV series created by the British studio Cosgrove Hall Films. And produced by Thames Television as a spin-off from Danger Mouse, a series in which the Count Duckula was a recurring villain. The show should not be confused with the short-lived 1979 Quackula, which was produced by Film Nation and appeared as part of their Mighty Mouse and Heckle and Jekyll cartoon hour. So the kind of the background is uh, in 1984 when uh, Nickelodeon acquired the US broadcast rights to Danger Mouse, and it became a hit. Uh, and then the Nickelodeon management came to Cosgrove Hall wishing to co-produce a new series. 
And after being shown a number of ideas, the then head of Nickelodeon, Geraldine Laybourne, spotted a picture of Count Duckula and said, that's what I want. As the series went into production, one of the writers suggested he become a vegetarian, which was which was added, and it's a sillier concept to the uh, the series. And uh, Count Duckula also appeared in North American comics under Star Comics and introduced an additional difference between this incarnation of Duckula, which separated him from his predecessors. And due to ketchup being used in the resurrection ceremony, this version of Duckula has ketchup rather than blood flowing through his veins. This was discovered when Duckula was given a blood test in order to get passport to a fictional country, which produced a salad which Duckula was obsessed with getting to eat. And in that same issue, Duckula, Nanny and Igor were photographed as a means of formal ID for said country. However, due to the classic stereotype of vampires not appearing in film, Duckula did not appear in the photo which was taken. Duckula also gained a romantic interest in the comic books, so Vanna von Gooswing, who turned out to be the niece of his long-term adversary, Dr. von Gooswing, and the attraction was mutual, and the two continued their relationship through the majority of the series after their introduction. And uh, yeah, some of the uh, characters of uh, Count Duckula, so Count Duckula, who is voiced by David Jason as he was Danger Mouse, so it's kind of natural that, that he would do the voice. Has a very modern outlook, often despairs at the traditional vampire image that he is expected to embody. There's Igor, who greatly dislikes his master's behavior and often encourages him to act in a far more ghostly manner. Nanny, who's a supremely unintelligent, completely unreliable duck or hen or whatever she is. But she's utterly devoted to her ducky booze. And uh, Dr. Von Gulswing, who is a mad scientist and vampire hunter, and is a spoof of Abraham Van Helsing. And Barry Clayton was the narrator. So, uh, Count Duckula. So, I forgot all about you saying it was a um, Danger Mouse spinoff. And also, I thought from watching this as a kid i thought it was daffy duck but just in like an like a um like a vampire version of daffy duck and like a kind of spin-off of daffy duck that's what i thought when i was a kid and so thinking back on it he doesn't look anything like daffy duck no i know but i know that now but i just had that in my mind and when i looked back at it i was like oh that's completely different to what i thought it was going to be but is that a good thing or a bad thing so there were some really witty jokes, um, some quite you know like quite quippy moments in it. But I I found the the cartoon generally pointless. Do you remember Count Duckula in Danger Mouse? No. Like, do you don't remember seeing him at all? I do not. Do you? No, I don't. Which was quite weird when they're like, "I said spin off Count Duckula spin off from Danger Mouse." And I was like, "When was Count Duckula in Danger Mouse?" Yeah, I mean, I watched a few of um, Danger Mouse, especially when I was younger in the old older series, but I don't remember seeing him because we've even covered Danger Mouse and, we, and I didn't see him then either. No. Um, I didn't really like Count Duckula. Did not. Yeah, it was. I don't think it was for me. I mean, I was watching it. Like you said, there were a, a couple of nice little jokes, some kind of quips, but I don't know. It kind of felt too... It kind of felt too outrageous for a British cartoon, if that makes any sense. Like, it was very out there. 
And I, I thought it was kind of, yeah, like it, it, it was pointless. He's meant to be a villain, but I'm not really seeing him as a villain. I just see him as someone who's just a character who's not necessarily a good guy, but he's not a villain. That's what I'm saying. There's no real, like, kind of... Obviously, cartoons are pointless, right? There's no real point to cartoons apart from to keep you entertained for five minutes, but it just felt like there was no point to this cartoon. Like, it was just like... I wouldn't say all cartoons are pointless. I mean, if you're watching a cartoon and there's a story and it makes sense, then... Yeah, but I just mean in general, you know, you, do you know what I mean? It's not like... um, It's entertainment more than anything else, do you know what I mean? It's not like... There's no, you know, watch it to learn something. It's just funny or interesting or whatever and i think that count duckula was kind of <laughs> none of the above i'm being a bit harsh it did make me laugh at times and you know it made me laugh too but i i thought again it was at least five seven minutes too long if you consider danger mouse was literally five minutes and they managed to tell a story they managed to have a beginning middle and end and make it make sense and they managed to do that so I don't really get why the spin-off has to be 20-odd minutes. 22 minutes long, not almost per So it was way too long for, 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 for me to kind of be sitting there engaged and, 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 and watching this. I thought it was, yeah, at least five, maybe even 10 minutes too long. I don't think cartoons should be more than 10 minutes. I'm sorry. Unless you're like Simpsons and... And like, hey Arnold, if you're like an elite cartoon, okay, but you're Count Duckula, you're you're a spin-off. It shouldn't be 20 minutes long. You shouldn't be able to, you could tell a story if you're a spin-off show in 10 minutes. I'm sorry, not 20. Maybe the, even, the, I, I bet the creators were like, yeah, we'll do a 10 minute cartoon. And they were like, nah, you need to fill a 20 minute gap in the EPG. Like, you got to make a 20 minute cartoon. And like, damn it. Right, let's talk about episodes. And uh, the pilot was... I like the title, No Sacks, Please, We're Egyptian. I did like that. That's quite cute, funny. But did I mean, you watch that episode? Or? Yeah, I did, yeah. Uh, so most of the episodes were like um, like puns or uh, like homages to other things, right? I guess. I miss most of them, to be honest. Um, right, uh, do you want to do the first one? I watched three episodes, so... I watched four against my better judgment, but um, yeah, I can do it. Uh, so, okay. So the pilot, let me get my notes. And uh, yeah, obviously it starts with um, him. He has to have a ceremony, but, uh, and the nanny keeps breaking the door down. And obviously he's like, stop breaking the door down. You clumsy nanny. Like you need to walk through the door like normal people. And she's getting him his Coco and Chucky Bickies. And I like how he's like, I'm, well, I don't like it, but he's, he's like, oh, I'm not happy about my responsibility. So he wants to run away to South America. You know who else ran, wanted to run away to South America? The Nazis after World War II. Really? Yeah, isn't that the whole theory, the theory about Nazis? They, they escaped and they all ran to South America after World War II. That is a, a, a very much a thing. I think it is anyway. And uh, you listen to say that, oh, I want to run away to South America. I'm like, uh, okay, maybe it's 1988. There isn't like political correctness or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I'm watching that kind of scratching my head. Hmm. I don't know why you want to 
emulate Nazis, but maybe he wasn't emulating Nazis. Maybe it's just a thing that people want to run away to South America. But I don't know. It was one of those red herrings for me because, yeah, that's what happened. I think they fled to like Argentina or something. Uh, I mean, there's a film, not film, that series on uh, Amazon Prime called Hunters, and I think that's like based in the Americas. So maybe it's got something in it. It looks quite good, actually, to be honest. I might have a little little watch. And so we see uh, a bunch of Cockney ducks who are interested in the castle, and they want the, all the valuables in the castle. Yeah, Clive, you're right, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to get all the valuables in the castle. I did like those little crows or whatever they were. They, was, they, they did make me laugh. Igor is kind of teaching him about the history of his ancestors and they learn about the Archduck who I believe was looking for some kind of mystic saxophone and anybody who plays a tune on that saxophone has power over life and death and so Dracula's like okay I'm quite interested in this uh, I'm interested in this uh, saxophone and the the crooks or the crows, whatever they were, they hear about it and they're like, oh, we we want we want to have some of that, we want to have some of that, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us that, give us that sax, got play tune on that, mate. And then, yeah. So basically, they go to Egypt or whatever the the pyramids are at, and they're basically having a look inside one of the pyramids. And then halfway through, there was like a a little kind of skit or a little interlude where. They're talking about a random pyramid joke. And I didn't write the joke down, but I wrote the punchline, which was a tomb with a view. I don't know what the, I can't remember what the joke was, but uh yeah, it wasn't it wasn't particularly funny. And every time the uh the crooks they tried to uh trap Dracula, but they fail at every turn. And then Dracula falls into a trap into the secret temple. And he falls into Pharaoh Abshi's tomb and uh, Abshi rises. And then all of a sudden they're like, hoorah, and up she rises. Hoorah, and up she rises. Okay, that was kind of that funny. That was quite funny, yeah. Kind of funny. And then they're all basically dancing. They're like, do you mind? And, he, and, and then Duckley and one of them is like, hooray, and up she rises. Hooray, and up she rises. And then um, Nanny breaks the the, the 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 vase where I think the sax was in, and then the sax emerges, and Duckula's playing a tune on the sax. Everybody's having a good old time. Did they forget that this this saxophone has power over life and death? They must have done. And then I think Igor and Nanny manage to get away, but then Duckula ends up being stuck in Transylvania because he misses the. Uh, the lift home or whatever it was and uh yeah that's all the notes i got for that episode the next episode i watched was called uh Duckula down under i don't i didn't really watch these in any particular order they say that there might be a werewolf but that literally that's, that's the thing so sometimes i'll say something and they're not reference it for the entire episode again um so they men- mentioned the werewolf and then don't mention him again Duckula wants us uh wants nanny to see a shrink um and then they say, oh, there's a good one in Austria, so let's go to Austria. So they decide to go to Austria. They go to the thing, and they're in Australia. Uh, and then this this Aussie bloke is mad about... Um, there's two Aussies just relaxing and, you know, doing real stereotypical Australian stuff, just standing there, like, lazy and on the porch with their cork hats and stuff like that. And then 
Uh, this other guy's upset because they like landed on his wallaby patch, and there's wallabies in the kitchen, and, and Nanny's scared of them. Uh, so Count Dracula gives Ozzy a. Oh, he's like says sorry, and like, walks him out of his place, and he gives him a clock. He's like, oh, that's a nice clock. He says, you can have it. I don't like it. And it turns out that without that clock, that the castle can't go back to Transylvania. Um, the Aussie goes, he says, oh, I'm going to go give this to my uncle. He lives a couple of hundred miles away. And he runs out of petrol on the way. And they kind of radio back to the thing. And they realize that they need to get the clock back. And he's radioing uh, the local town. And there's like a rescue plane there. So he, they, they, they get in a rescue plane and fly fly around, and it's quite a little funny little sequence of uh, Count Duckula trying to control a plane. They get the clock back, they go back, and they took the wallabies by mistake, and they ate Count Duckula's dinner. And that's the end of that episode. Uh, just quickly on to the next episode I watched with even less notes than that. Private is of course it's Private Beak, I think Private Beak, and it's, this is a homage to something, but I don't know what. And it's kind of like. Uh, do you know, like, kind of jazz in the back, low line jazz in the background, and uh, like a heavy VO over the whole thing. And so, Count Duckler's bored. He decides to make a private eye detective place in Chicago. So, they move there. Um, Eagle has painted the wrong thing on the door. So, it's kind of this um, ongoing joke about that. Didn't really understand it too much, to be honest. Um, a woman comes in, she's kind of like a damsel in distress. It turns out that her husband was murdered. She offers him cash and he accepts the job. They get captured by some baddies from the club that he, her husband was hanging around in. Nanny and Igor look uh, look for them because they've kind of been kidnapped. Uh, Count Duckley's trying to escape. Uh, then the baddies come in and they're about to throw him in the river and Nanny walks through the wall and um, then she finds... Oh, do, they get rescued and then she's just about to like... He's saying, oh, we didn't find your husband, though. And then she spots her husband just across the way sitting at his desk. And she goes, oh, there you are. Um, and then Count Dracula decides that he doesn't want to play anymore. So he goes home. And that's, that's the end of the episode. He's like, I'm bored of this game. I'm going to go back. Cool. So I watched an episode called Hard Luck Hotel. So in Hard Luck Hotel, Dracula's fed up with it all. He wants to go on holiday. And he's heading to a place called Hard Luck Hotel. Place doesn't look great. But he's like, you know what? I just want to have a weekend away from uh, Igor and Nanny. And so Duckula's looking forward to it. He chooses a, a cheap room, which ends up having uh, no lock. And so Duckula's complaining about the room. And the the hotel my the the hotel manager is a, a spoof of uh basil faulty so he kind of has that long look with the mustache and he has a dog every time like uh Duckula wants to complain he's like oh if you want to complain why don't you uh, pass it on to my assistant and the dog's like arr, 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 and he goes oh i'm good i'm good i'm good i'm good and uh so the 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 drachma is uh, useless, so uh, Duckula can't actually pay for his room. So the hotel manager makes him work off the uh, the nights that he's staying. Nanny and Igor are missing uh, Duckula, and so they decide to uh, have a little break themselves. And so Nanny and Igor are checking in to the Hard Luck Hotel, and so the hotel manager is like, look, we've got two new guests. You're going to have to cook for them. And so Dracula is basically serving uh, the people who serve him. 
and the hotel manager telling Dracula that you have to now be part of the uh, the cabaret, which is a, a magic show. And so Dracula sees Igor and Nanny, and then the drachma goes up. Uh, but he uh, Dracula gives it up to kids for magic beans, and so he still can't pay for the rooms. And then Dracula has to work off his debt. Next episode I watched was uh, Count and the Pauper, which is uh, uh, and I, kind of like a spoof of uh, The Prince and the Pauper. I loved this, man, when I was growing up. What, The Prince and the Pauper? Yeah, this was yeah. my joint as a kid. I liked it because that was like a Tudor-esque story, wasn't it? About yeah. The, um, uh, the prin- was it Prince Edward? Edward? Yeah, and he, just, he switched places with a... Um... With a peasant who looked exactly like his twin. Yeah. Yeah, I loved that. I used to love when that used to come on at Christmas. That was like my thing. It used to come on the BBC like every Christmas or like every holiday. Would always watch it. Such a a good story. I don't know. I wonder if it's really true though. Yeah, I did wonder that. I mean, he died very young in real life, didn't he? he died at like fourteen or something like that. Yeah, he was. He was a baby still. Yeah. Um but yeah, I'd like to know I'd like to know that as well. I was going to ask you the same question to be honest. <laughs> so uh it's the 17th 77th death day or something like that and uh Igor wants to blood Dracula with the sword, which is apparently is a tradition. Dracula doesn't want to do it and uh he's thinking, "Oh, I hate this life. I don't want I just want to be a normal duck." And then it cuts to a duck in Maggot's farm. And he's dreaming of living in a big house. And uh, Dracula decides to just go. And uh, Nanny finds his letter. And then uh, Dracula goes into the pub. But everyone gets out. I think they're all scared of him. I didn't really get 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 all of that. And then it cuts again to the, uh, the poor duck. And he runs uh, afoul the police. And they think that he stole Maisie the cow, even though Maisie the cow belongs to his family. And then Dracula runs into the peasant duck and they suggest that they swap lives. And obviously Sid is the name of the uh, the, the the poor duck. And he's like, look, here's pennies. You'll probably need to give this to mom and dad. And uh, Dracula has to now wake up at 5am in the morning to do chores. Sid and Igor, Sid kind of enjoys the life for a little bit and he's kind of doing all the evil stuff that Igor wants him to do. And uh, slowly and surely, Dracula is uh, missing the castle and Nanny and he decides to just leave. Sid decides that he has had enough and he wants to go home. But Nanny thinks that Dracula is an imposter. She doesn't believe it's him and he's like, let me in, you fool. It's me, it's me, it's me. And he's like, no, Dracula's here and Sid is like, let me out. And Duckle is saying, let me in. And it just finishes abruptly like that. So it doesn't really resolve and rounds up the story. The finale, the zombie awakes. So uh, Dr. is having a terrible dream. And Igor's having a terrible dream also because cute rabbits think he's nice. And so Dr. Quackbrain is... Uh, trying to uh, find a subject worthy for his crazy experiment and he targets Duckula. Nanny is sleepwalking and she seems to have a problem and Quackbrain decides to uh, send a zombie to go and get Count Duckula 
And Dracula and Igor, they're planning to stop Nanny destroying the castle in her sleep. And Nanny doesn't realize she's the one causing the mess. And then the zombie comes and he's basically hypnotized Dracula and Igor. And they're basically going, oh, I'm a zombie and I'm going to walk. And Nanny doesn't get hypnotized at all. She's like, what the hell's going on? And then all of a sudden you just see her going, oh, walking, walking with them. And then, yeah, so uh, the zombie is basically telling Dracula, look, you have to come back with me. I, I like this. He goes, you have to come back with me so that my master can do things to you. And then obviously Quack Brain is like, you're giving my whole secret away, fool. And so he's basically getting them all in. He's got Dracula where he wants him and he has access to all of his dreams and he's making Igor and Nanny go into the kitchen and Nanny being clumsy, she spills tea on the computer and it kind of messes up with the whole plan. Dracula sees monsters in his dream, but Nanny, Nanny and Igor see something else. So they're kind of interrupting with the uh, the brain flow and Quack Brain sends them back and he's like, you won't ever wake up. But somehow they do wake up. And Dracula, he wakes up after that. He's like, oh, I had a weird dream and whatnot. And Nanny kind of wakes up. She looks at it. She goes, oh, I think I should clean the place up. And uh, yes, that was Count Dracula. And uh, yeah, I'm not really sure what else to say about this show. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like... Look, it wasn't bad by any means. The jokes were funny. The characters were likable. But it just didn't do anything for me. There wasn't anything more to it. Like I said, it had no drive. There was no nothing really there. And they just did they just got up to shenanigans each episode. Like no no like and it wasn't it was it was so weird and so like you said it was quite out there at the beginning and I agree with you. It was just weird and out there and like Don't get me wrong, I like weird and out there. But this just kind of no, I was I was bored to be honest with you for like eighty ninety percent of it. You say that it wasn't a bad show. I would kind of say that it was a bad show. I yeah, I just thought if you're gonna spoof anything from Danger Mouse, this wasn't the one. But I think again, the reason maybe it got into a spinoff because remember the uh, producer of Nickelodeon, or whatever, just decided that she wanted that. Yeah, looked at Count Duckula for oh. It's interesting. Maybe because it looked like Daffy Duck to her. And she thought, hmm, why the hell not? And uh, yeah, I'm, I am I don't got nothing to say about this anymore. Darkwing Duck. And uh, we're going back to September 1991 again. Woo! Some of the things happening in the world. The USA recognizes the independence of Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. You, you all better be listening to my podcast. The amount of times I say your country, as well as uh, Tonga, Nibiru, and the other country. Um, yeah, four days later, the Soviet Union recognizes their independence too. Oatsy the Iceman is uh, found in the Alps. And, uh, of course, the Huntington Library makes the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yes, yeah. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope loyal listeners were saying it at home with us too. Please, please say that you was doing it. That would, uh, that would be brilliant. <laughs> yes, they make the Dead Sea Scrolls available to the public for the very first time, and of course, the Fisher King 
was in the cinemas. They need to put that film on Netflix, damn it. Put The Fisher King on Netflix, man. Sure, it's not that expensive to get. And uh, Charlie by The Prodigy was in the charts. Yeah, I think you're right. I got the. I, I probably should know this, but the. Um, yeah, I, I know the artist, not the song. Of course you know Prodigy. I was going to say, if you didn't know Prodigy, then, uh, yeah. So uh, this was a, um, so Darkwing Duck now, and this was a American animated action adventure comedy television series produced by Disney Television Animation, or formerly Walt Disney Television Animation. It features the adventures of Darkwing, not Darkwin, Darkwing. That's why I used to think I, I thought it was called Darkwind Duck, like Darkwen. Yeah, I I I actually wrote it down, um, like D A R Q U I N when you told me which one to to uh, yeah to to to. But to, it's a uh, Darkwing dark Wing Duck, and yeah, so he's the uh, superheroic alter ego of uh, ordinary suburban duck Drake Mallard. Though originally thought by some fans to be a spin-off of the 1987 television series DuckTales, creator Ted Stone stated in a 2016 report that he believes the two shows exist in different universes. Despite this, supporting characters Launchpad McQuack and Gizmo Duck appear in both series in similar roles. Scrooge McDuck is also mentioned in the Darkwing Duck episode Tiff of the Titans. Additionally, in the 2011 comic book series, DuckTales makes reference to Darkwing Duck and features villains from the series. And a crossover between the Darkwing Duck and DuckTales comics occurs in issues 17 and 18 and issues 5 and 6, respectively, of each. So, yeah, he lives in an unassuming suburban house with his adopted daughter, Gosselin, next door to the uh, bafflingly dim-witted Muddlefoot family. Darkwing struggles to balance his egotistical craving for fame and attention against his desire to be a good father to Gosselin and help do good in St. Canard. Obviously, Canard means duck in French. Most episodes put these two aspects of Darkwing's character in direct conflict, though Darkwing, Darkwing's better nature usually prevails. The show was the first Disney afternoon series to emphasize action rather than adventure with Darkwing routinely engaging in slapstick battles with both supervillains and street criminals, while conflict with villains was routine in early uh, Disney afternoon shows and actual fight scenes were relatively rare. Darkwing Duck was also the first Disney afternoon property that was produced completely as a genre parody. Prior shows would contain elements of parody in certain episodes, but would otherwise be straight-faced adventure concepts. This is in the tradition of Carl Banks' work in the Disney comic comics. By contrast, every episode of Darkwing Duck is laden with references to superhero, pulp adventure, or super spy fiction. Darkwing himself is a satirical character. His costume, gas gun, and flashy introductions are all reminiscent of pulp heroes, and Golden Age superheroes such as the Shadow, the Sandman, Duck Savage, Batman, the Green Hornet, and the Julius Schwartz Flash, as well as the Lone Ranger and Zorro. And the fictional city of St. Canard is a direct parody of Gotham City. And uh, funnily enough, Darkwing Duck was, was developed as a last-minute replacement with concept artwork by Michael Peraza 
as a proposed reboot of the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. But when the management team realized that Disney did not own the rights to the characters, they decided to spin off Darkwing Duck. And yeah, it is, despite what the your man says, it is a uh, spin-off of uh, DuckTales. And it entered production roughly one year after DuckTales ended. Darkwing Duck was inspired by two specific episodes of DuckTales, Double O Duck, starring Launchpad McQuack as a secret agent, and The Masked Mallard, in which Scrooge McDuck becomes a masked vigilante superhero wearing a purple uniform and cape. The name The Masked Mallard became an epithet often used in the new show to refer to Darkwing himself. Darkwing Duck was named the 93rd Best Animated Series by IGN, calling it one of the many reasons why after-school cartoons rule. Torgo's Pizzeria podcast, shout out to those guys, they gave a favorable retrospective review to Darkwing Duck in 2012. The podcast did, however, note some weaknesses with the series. TV Line listed theme songs from the series among the best animated series themes of all time. Some of the characters, so you only need to know about Drake Mallard or Darkwing Duck, who is an average citizen by day, a St. Canard's resident superhero and leader of the Justice Ducks and the Friendly Five by night. He possesses a mix of courageous altruism and gigantic arrogance and ego, two drives that constantly clash during his adventures. Obviously, Launchpad McQuack was uh, a, a, a very kind of uh, memorable character in DuckTales, and he ends up being the uh, the assistant to uh, Darkwing. And uh, Waddle Mayer, or Gosselin, she is uh, the nine-year-old adoptive daughter and an unstoppable bundle of energy. Her grandfather, Professor Waddle Mayer, was a famous scientist who was murdered by Taurus Bulba's underlings. She's an occasional crime fighter, having gone by codenames such as the Crimson Quackette, Yucky Duck, and the Quivering Quack, and Gosmo Duck. So, Darkwing. Uh, I th- I was aware of this, but I didn't. I wasn't really that aware of like you know episodes and characters and things like that. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by this by this show i found myself laughing you know at times it was a bit irritating and a bit like you know this is this is stupid but there was times when i was laughing at this and you know what i enjoyed the episodes i thought they were quite they were quite progressive quite funny um perhaps at times a little bit too long but yeah i i think on the whole this kind of got the balance between like story and silliness and all the other things like it, it, it nailed it yeah, I I mean I'd heard of Darkwing Duck and uh obviously yeah, I knew it was I knew from DuckTales, maybe I did, maybe I'm not sure, but um yeah, I I I liked it too. I ended up I thought this was a pretty good cartoon. I it was fun watching it. I didn't find myself necessarily clock watching or anything uh, of that of that nature. Yeah, I I I I like this a lot, and um, I like how um, kind of self-aware it was about the superhero, where he's kind of doing the. You can see him on camera going, "So, am I going to beat this villain today? What exactly am I going to do?" And he's like, "I saved people. 
take pictures of me and he's kind of going to the press going take a picture of me come on i'm a hero damn it put respect on my name i i did like that about the uh the show and uh no i um yeah like i said i, w- I was also pleasantly surprised i yeah i liked it i i i enjoyed the episodes i thought it was uh thought it was pretty good yeah, it's easy to watch, um, and I think that was the main thing. Like, the, you know, no, nothing about it was like, oh god, come on, really. Um, and I, I, I watched this first out of all all three today, um, and and so it's you know, so it was, it was a nice nice surprise. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say. It was it was it was fun to watch, and I think that's what a cartoon should be, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's go into uh, episodes. And uh, despite Disney Plus is uh, missing out, the 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 pilot was uh, Darkly Dawns the Duck. Yeah, I watched I, whichever one was the first one on Disney was the one I watched first. Okay, so. so that was episode three you watched. So I can kind of take over with the the pilots. So yeah, pilot starts with uh, Darkwing bringing in criminals, and he's like. He thought he'd get attention for being the hero. And so he's like, it's disappointing. And then he decides to uh, go home. And um, he's making breakfast. But he ends up... He's like, He has this elaborate way of making breakfast. It's actually quite funny. And he sits down. He goes, oh, I beat my record. And then the fridge just literally falls on his head. And milk just pours out. And he's like, damn it. I forgot the milk. I always forget the milk. And so we see uh, Taurus Bulba, who's uh, planning a, a criminal plot in the inside of a prison jail. Yeah, so he's basically planning this big criminal plot and they want to try and get some kind of weapon. And so he's uh, getting his minions to make it happen. Obviously, he's in the inside of a jail and they're thinking, oh, at least we got him where we want him. But he's turning the jail into some kind of big old office place where he's kind of doing his thing but nobody in the inside of the prison has no idea that he's doing this and so Darkwing Duck sees a bird with luggage and so he's thinking "Uh, what's going on here and so the criminals they get on a train and that's where the the ramrod or the weapon is Darkwing Duck catches them in the act and they basically give him the slip and Darkwing runs into Launchpad and they're basically trying to catch the bad guys. Launchpad wants to work with Darkwing, but he only wants to work alone. And so once uh, Taurus gets the uh, the weapon, he wants the codes. And so he's basically like, you know what, you need to go and get me the codes. And so basically Gosselin is the one who has the codes that she's um, in a orphanage. And so one of the bad guys is going into the orphanage and he keeps showing the picture going, oh, hey, that's me. And they're like, oh, isn't that a, a grapefruit stain? He goes, oh, no, 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 no. That's me. That's me. Oh, I know Gosselin. So he's basically going inside this place. Gosselin is telling her story. She's adopted. And she's like, oh, nobody comes to visit me. And, you know, it'd be nice if I can have a parent. And they try to kidnap her. But she tries to fight back. And so police are thinking that Darkwing robbed the train. Because obviously someone's taking a picture of him trying to stop the bad guys. And trying to grab the thing. And then obviously Darkwing's like, oh no, 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 no. This is my best side. Take a picture, take a picture. 
And obviously, little do they know that they're using that as evidence. And then Darkwin somehow gets away from the police and he saves Gosselin from being kidnapped. And so basically, he takes Gosselin to his house or whatever. And he's like, look, they try to, you know, they killed your granddad. They want your code or whatever. And then obviously Gosselin's like, I have no idea what the, the code is. And so Taurus Bulba gets out of the prison and he's like, you know what? I need to go see this Darkwing Duck. He keeps getting in my way. And then Gosselin does the uh, the breakfast thing that he does. She manages to do it all. And obviously they forget the milk again. And so Gosselin, yeah, she's like, um, I have no idea what the code is. I can't sleep and, until uh, a lullaby. And so Darkwind sings, uh, I think he sings the same lullaby song. It's actually quite a really nice, cute song. And she goes to sleep. And the lullaby song contains the codes of the machine. So it's basically, it's basically like the rainbow song, like red and yellow and pink and green, purple and orange and blue. But it's kind of like a day kind of version of it. And he's he clocks on going, this is the code then. So it's these colors. And so Darkwing goes out to meet Taurus. But it ends up being a trap. And the police are there to apprehend Darkwing. The minions are coming. So Dark, so Taurus is uh, minions or whatever. They're coming to get Gosselin. But she still fights back. And Eagle comes out of nowhere. <laughs> And ends up grabbing Gosling. And so Darkwing is in jail. And then Launchpad comes to bail him out. Launchpad has a new plane called the Thunderquack. And Darkwing's like, all right, okay, you can be my uh, sidekick now. And Darkwing catches Taurus and tries to save Gosling. But then Taurus is like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to throw this little duck from the sky, whatever. If you don't do something. And so he basically tells Taurus the uh, the keys. But then he drops. The, the eagle drops Gosling anyway. And then Launchpad saves her. And Darkwing messes about with the machine. And the minions get taken away. And Taurus gets thwarted. And then Darkwing decides to adopt Gosling. And yeah, Launchpad takes them away and that's how that episode comes to an end it's a pretty good uh two-part pilot and yeah it kind of sets the scene and we learn about Gosselin, who's a very cute endearing little duck yeah because i didn't even know that she was his daughter until like the third episode i watched i knew she was there obviously but i didn't realize that, like she was actually his daughter so well thinking, yeah oh, the pilot kind of explains all of that yeah. really well so um right so i the first episode i watched was i can't remember the name of the episode but it's the first one on the on the list of disney he says like in saint canard and i was like oh that's when she was like and it's a scientific research lab 356 i don't know what that means but obviously there's days of the year there's like doctors in a in a um uh in a lab and one of the the two doctors are picking on this other doctor and they like basically smash his potato and he's like no that was my special potato and then this woman comes in called dr rhododendron and this i can't remember the name of him i know it's dr bushroot oh yeah it's always dr bushroot right doesn't doesn't change his name um he's obsessed with like plants and things like that and obviously entered 
Dr. Rhododendron, which is the name of a bush or a flowery bush thing, uh, then he has like he's doing his research on plants where he wants to make it so humans don't have to eat or ducks or whatever they're supposed to be. Um, they don't have to eat. They can photosynthesize instead. So they could just go outside and photosynthesize and that's fine. So they smash, smash his potatoes and he's sad about it. Um, Rhododendron comes in and she has a passion for plants as well. Other doctors are taking a mick out of him. Um, uh, then he's like, they're doing it all for money. Oh, so other doc- like the dean of the university where they're working comes in. He's like, oh, uh, we need to make cuts. Um, I need money. Um, you're spending too much money. Um, and the other doctors are kind of like sucking up to him. And he says he's going to cut back on research. So Dr. Bushroot actually gets fired. Um, uh, and then so he decides to like, you know, in every superhero movie, he does an experiment on himself to see if his research works. Um, he starts turning into a flower. Um, and I think this is the beginning of him as a villain in the whole whole thing. So uh, he now has a link for plants and he can tell like trees and stuff to do whatever he wants. Um, uh, he decided to go and press Dr. Dendron and get his own back on the doctors. He ties them up in the vines and then enter Darkwing. Darkwing comes in here. He says he, to the Dean, this is a classic case of revenge. And he's kind of doing this like... Um, uh detective moment there um so he decides to like he smashes up the door he puts planks on the door so that they can't come back and get him then a tree comes in like straight through the window and takes the dean and traps darkwing duck uh darkwing duck then stops it then dr bushroot sends a tree against him and it kicks kicks the dean uh darkwing duck gets caught by the tree and he shaves off the leaves with a gadget that he's got they chase Bush. They one thing I noticed about all the episodes is they always have a quite a cool chase scene going on. It goes on a little bit too long, but most of them have a little chase scene. Um <clears throat> anyway, so Rhododendron feels sorry for him. Darkwing Duck says he's um that's why he mashed me up. She wants to talk to him, so he's listening. This is Bushroot, sorry. Um and then I put is it Daffy Duck? Because he's very similar to Daffy Duck, I thought, on this. Can't be. No, I know it's not. It's because Warner Brothers and Disney, but um, very similar. Anyway, so uh, Bushroot's getting all dressed up because he wants to impress the, uh, Dr. Dendron. Um, Darkwing Duck's making a disguise, but it's made of poison ivy and it's like made him go all itchy. Uh, Dr. Bushroot comes in and he tries to woo Dr. Dendron. Uh, Darkwing Duck tries to stop. Uh, then he sends a man eating. Oh, yeah, so then uh, Bushroot sends a man eating plant to kill. Um, Darkwing Duck because he's trying to interfere with his plans with um, Dr. Dendron um, then Darkwing Duck like, gets a bone he's like here boy here boy like to the, the plant that's chasing him and he throws a bone and the, the uh, like a dog the the uh, plant goes there um, uh, Bushroot tries to make Dr. Dendron the same as her so he tries to do her experiment his experiment on her and they kind of go up in these two little um, these bed bed things like um, so that they can get zapped by some machine. Uh, she says she can't marry him because she's a working girl and her career means too much. Um, Darkwing Duck tries to stop. They have a, like a big fight thing going on. Uh, lasts quite a while, that fight scene. Um, and then Dr. Dendron is on the table waiting for a lightning strike to zap her. And Dr. Bushroot gets got by his own plan. So he's backfires, basically. Um, and then Darkwing Duck goes to the bench. and is like, oh, I'm too late. I'm too late. And then she's like, 
dude, I'm over here on the other bench because it's like kind of two identical benches and he's like crying thinking he's too late. Uh, and that was the end of that episode. I did like the name Rhododendron. Yeah, I very... did. I thought it was quite clever. Right? It is very. Um, the, the next episode I watched was from series two. Oh, no. So I watched two two more from series one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll just quickly blast through these. Um, so basically, uh, Dark Queen Duck is tired after a big night and he, he takes, um, oh, what's his name? I know. I knew I'd forget his name. Um, what's the sidekick guy's name with a scarf? Launchpad. Launchpad. Yes, yeah. so he takes Launchpad out to get a burger, and he forgets his scarf. And when they go back, the whole the whole burger plate is like a burger van kind of thing. And it's the whole thing's gone. It, um, and it turns out that it's been shrunk. And this man has shrunk it and loads of other buildings around the town. Uh, then Darkwing Duck's daughter, um, Gosling, wants to go and play golf. She takes him to this mini golf place. Um, and he ba- and basically what it is is this mini golf place is a miniature city that the person who's been shrinking all the buildings in town has um has made out of it um then uh, dark queen duck discovers the, the burger place with the um because it has um launchpad scarf on it still and then he gets zapped by this baddie and makes him small um uh then he gets chance chased by this ants who's who in, who are being controlled by this baddie as well um they they're uh so they're chasing him in this like ant car thing and he steals one of the cars um and he kind of gets rid of all the the, the ants one by one um and then he sees these like um these mice break open a bank vault he follows the mice and basically what they're doing is they're taking the money to oh oh the the baddie and then he's making the money in real size so basically he made the bank small he's broken to the bank vault because it's tiny and then He's made the money big. Um, then they they all have a kind of as a launch pad comes in. Uh, they they have a fight with the baddies. Um, then in the ruckus, uh, Darkwing Duck gets shrunk even smaller, the size of a germ. And then he actually goes inside the baddie and starts making him sick. Uh, so they capture the baddie and then. At the end of the episode, everyone got sick, even Darkwing Duck, when they made him big again. So, yeah, that was the end of that episode. And on to the third episode I watched, I think it was the third episode on the list, was um, uh, Darkwing Duck is lost and he asks these scouts who are camping out. He says, where, um, uh, he goes, where should I be going? And they said, oh, we're not going to lend you our compass unless you tell us a scary story. So this, he tells a story about how Arch Enemy Bushroot, he's growing his own own bride and then uh so the plant is his assist, lab assistant drops an ingredient and then he gives him another ingredient it turns out to be potato starch so he makes a like a vampire giant potato so he, he like wants to marry it anyway but she wants presents and she breaks out um uh Darkwood duck thinks the neighbors are moving he's excited but they're only going camping so his daughter goes along with them and she wants to catch like bug wet foot which i'm guessing is bigfoot um and uh on the news bushroot has been robbing uh and darkwing duck goes to foil the plot bushroot escapes uh daughter's gone camping i think the daughter is chucky from rugrats is that true gosling is that is that chucky from rugrats the voiceover i doubt it um well she sounded exactly like chucky from rugrats i want to i'll i'll I'll, whilst you're doing your rundown i'm going to check that fact um Bushroot comes back and sees his missus has escaped because he, he was only going to buy a presents. Uh, Launchpad and Darkwing Duck tried to stop uh, the, 
the truck um this truck to to give him a lift to where um uh gosling is and D- uh, darkwing duck steps into the road and goes you've got to be really assertive with these truckers and they both get uh, sorry and he gets flattened by the truck it does however stop and give him a ride um and he says that if the, there's a rumor about this um vampire and you got to say you got to shake this like uh, pollen on it and say um potato backwards and then that'll get rid of it so the vampire's on the loose giant potato comes to the camp little girl throws a net over the potato some country folk thinks darkwing duck is a vampire and they tried to kill him his daughter says don't oh you could do a vampire test on him if you throw him off a cliff and he hits the floor um then he's uh not a vampire and if they throw him off the thing and he hits the floor then they give him chilies um and he's like he starts breathing fire because it's so hot then when they mentioned the driver that they was with to the um, country folk, then they stop lynching him. So the sidekick, so Launchpad gets turned into a potato. He doesn't realize everyone is a vampire potato. Um, Dark Queen Duck finally sees the vampire potato and he gets caught by it. Bushroot comes and thinks that Dark Queen Duck is actually trying to get together with the lawn, with the um, uh, with the potato, and he gets a bit uh, jealous. So he starts to run over the potato of a lawnmower. Bushroot is the key to the whole thing. So basically, when Bushroot is um, with the potato he's got pollen in his hair so when they shake his hair and um, they they tried to say potato op or whatever the potato is backwards um but what they actually have to say is potato backwards like not potato spelled backwards but literally potato backwards and it kills potato the curse is broken for everyone uh darkwing duck tells the country folk that the the um that uh, bushroot is the vampire and they lynch him and the scouts were scared by the story, and that is the end of that. So I watched series two, episode fifteen, something fishy. So they're going to the beach, having a nice, lovely day in the beach, and Gosselin is not very happy about the beach being dirty, and she wants to stop all polluters. And so Darkwing is spilling trash on a big guy who's like a big pig-looking guy. Crabs are coming to throw the trash at them and they're attacking Darkwing. Octopus are throwing things. And while he's going into the sea to try and stop them, he gets swallowed by a whale. They all go away after they hear a horn. And so Darkwing is like, you know what? I need to go investigate this. And so Swordfish puts a hole, a Swordfish puts a hole in the boat and it takes him to a fancy fish. And her name was Neptunia. And I love how like, they made her look so fabulous. And they have all this like music. Like really like... It's like, I'm Neptunia. I'm this fabulous fish. And it's just it was hilarious. And she's the one that's admitting... She admits that she's kind of causing all the trouble in the sea. Darkwind tries to tell her, look, you shouldn't be doing that. And she's like, you know what? Don't get in my way. Otherwise, you're going to get got. And so Darkwing is like ignoring her. her. And so she sends the octopus to uh, Darkwing. And they basically lock Darkwing and Launchpad up. And she's not happy about littering in the seas. And then obviously you hear the classic why I became a villain story. Um, yeah, so she was basically this naive, you know, cute little fishy girl. And then I think some 
oil thing kind of falls on her head and it kind of like toughens her up and kind of makes her into the villain that she is. And now she wants to take over the whole world. And Darkwind is narrating, oh, that the hero, while locked inside, is retaining a cool demeanor. And it literally goes into him like two seconds later going, ah, get me out of here, get me out of here, get me out of here. Again, that was uh, quite a funny little tune. They escape and they try to catch up with Neptunia and the sword, and they're basically sword fighting with a swordfish. And then Launchpad decides to convince Neptunia to become good and to call off the attack. And Gosselin tells Darkwing to give Neptunia the horn back so that she can call the whale and then they can kind of um, save the day. And then the last episode, which was called Extinct Possibility. So uh, Dr. Duck gives Darkwing a mystery to solve. And it basically has something to do with a dinosaur and a time machine. Gosselin is excited to go, but Darkwing's reluctant to let her go. Um, and so what happens is they go back in time. But uh, yeah, and Gosselin is taking a camera because she wants to take all these pictures, but she's not happy because there's no batteries. And the dinosaur is talking and he basically catches the ducks and he's fascinated by them. And one of the dinosaurs, Dr. Denton, he's and Darkwing's basically telling Dr. Denton, hey, spoiler alert, dinosaurs are going to become extinct because of the way you live. And he's getting spooked out by that. But then he's like, yeah, whatever. We're not going to be in stick. We're going to live forever. And then Dr. Denton is telling them about the utopia that they're building. And they're using like all this technology. They're at the, uh, there's basically a, an inventing meeting and they're trying to warn the dinosaurs. And basically, Johnny T is like this uh, gang. They're going after the ducks because they're like evil dinosaurs. But Darkwing gets the better of them. And then Johnny T ends up liking Darkwing Duck. And he's like, you know what? You're, you're kind of cool. And so he's like, you know what? I'm not going to eat you. I'm going to eat the dinosaurs. And the dinosaurs are pleading for help as their inventions are going awry. So basically, they're using like a dishwasher to cook food. They're using a microwave to clean clothes. It's basically all a bit of a mishmash. Gosselin is suggesting a challenge. And if you can outrun Johnny T and his gang, the loser gets to leave town. And the launch, launch pad has rocks as wheels instead of his actual wheels. Everyone's car fall apart and they're running to the finish line. The ducks win and they solve the mystery, but the dinosaurs mess up the engine and they can't get back to where they were. But Gosselin and Launchpad head back, but Darkwing is still on the dinosaur island. He gets frozen in time and they manage to kind of chop at him and they kind of turn him back to normal. And that was the end of Darkwing Duck. Uh, Gosling is played by uh, Christine Kavanagh. She, this might surprise you, it surprised me. Not only did she play Chucky from Rugrats, she also played Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory and Babe, the pig in the city. No, just a pig. Damn. Interesting, interesting. So you were right for once. Yeah, I was right for once. And she has a really impressive CV. Cool. So uh, I guess we have to pick between the two. Yeah. Um. It's formality, isn't it, really? Um, it's definitely uh, Darkwing Duck for me. I Actually, you know, I really enjoyed it as well. I thought it was really funny. Um, 
um, and it was, an, it was like a cool cartoon. I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was quite good. Yeah, I'm also going to go with a Darkwing Duck, not Darkwen. It's the first time in ages I think we've actually agreed on something. Yeah, like actually on the same page and not completely different. But yeah, Darkwing Duck was loads better. If I was going to spin off a show, then I would definitely spin this off and not Count Duckula. So uh, yeah, it's a formality, like you said. And uh, yeah, so uh, good job, Darkwing Duck. Um, so just to um, add, Christine Kavanaugh actually died um, in 2014. I had no idea. Oh, um, I know it's a bit of a downer on it, but I just saw that she had a she died in um, Cedar City, Utah. Um, yeah. Um, when was she born? 1963 to 1914. She wasn't even that old. No, but um, yeah. Shout out to uh, Christine uh, Kavanaugh. And, uh, yeah, Darkwing Duck was really good and uh, good job. Now we're coming on to the main event. Now, it's not really a main event because of the, the cartoon in question, but it's kind of mainly more to do with the name Mighty Ducks in and of itself. So uh, we're going back to uh, September 1996 again and some of the things happening in the world. US President Bill Clinton signs the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty at the United Nations. London police sees 105 white rhino horns in the biggest hall of its kind. Tupac Shakur was shot multiple times in a drive-by shooting in Las Vegas and dies six days later. Maximum Risk was in the cinemas. And let's see if you know this one. It's All Coming Back to Me by Celine Dion was in the charts. Yeah, I, I, knew, I know this one. It was, I think it was originally meant to be Meatloaf, but um, Celine Dion just kind of made it her own and made it so famous and so amazing. I like Celine Dion. I think she's brilliant. Got, 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 got nothing but love for Celine Dion. Now we're going on to Mighty Ducks, the animated series. So this was a series that originally was aired on ABC and on the syndicated programming block, the Disney Afternoon. And it was the last show produced by the block. And it was loosely inspired by the live action Mighty Ducks film and the NHL team, the Anaheim Ducks. And unlike the films and the hockey team, the show was about a team of anthropomorphic hockey playing ducks. The uh, the main theme was composed by Carl Swander Johnson and is performed by Jefferson Starship vocalist Nikki Thomas. I was going to say the uh, Darkwing Duck theme song was actually really good. I mean, I wouldn't say it's like the best, but it was a pretty good theme song. I thought. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. And yeah, it's all about um, in another universe that exists. There's a planet that is populated entirely by humanoid ducks and it's dubbed puck world and its inhabitants in this icy planet is perfectly suited to the ducks favorite pastime hockey and for the citizens of puck world hockey was not simply a sport but a way of life occupying virtually every aspect of day-to-day -day existence legend has it that centuries ago during an invasion by a reptilian race called saurians a duck named Drake Duquesne became the planet's savior over the Saurian's overlords. 
The legend tells that Duquesne did so with a high-tech goalie mask. And with it, Duquesne sent the Saurians to a mysterious dimensional limbo. It won a Daytime Emmy Award in 1997 for outstanding sound editing. I feel like any cartoon can win that as long as uh, they kind of fix their ish in uh, post. And uh, a quick note on the uh, the Mighty Ducks movies. So, of course, yeah, it was a, an American media franchise composed of a trilogy of three live-action films released in the 90s by Walt Disney Pictures. It revolves around a Twin Cities ice hockey team composed of young players that stick together throughout various challenges. Despite its negative reviews by movie critics, what? The uh, trilogy's commercial success paved the way for the franchise's expansion. I don't really know why anybody would think this film was not good. And so, yeah, the first one came out in 1992. It's all about uh, attorney Gordon Bombay, played by Emilio Estevez. He gets pulled over for drunk driving and he is sentenced to community service and he has to coach hockey. And there he meets the District 5 Peewee hockey team who are perennial losers who finish at the bottom of the league standings year after year, and they go on to become the Mighty Ducks. Quack, 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 quack. And uh, the Mighty D2, the Mighty Ducks, which came out in 1994, and inspired by his own players, Bombay decides to try out in the minor leagues and becomes the star player for the fictional mini haha waves with an easy pathway to the NHL. And after a career-ending knee injury, he he is offered the chance to coach a team representing the United States in the Junior Goodwill Games. And for this, he reunites the Ducks and introduces them to five new players from across the country to form Team USA. And D3, the Mighty Ducks. And so the movie shifts focus from Bombay to protege Charlie Conway, played by Joshua Jackson. Charlie and his teammates are awarded scholarships to Eden Hall Academy, which is a fictitious name from crossing southwestern suburb Eden Prairie and Cretine Durham Hall and St. Thomas Academy. And it was a mysterious, prestigious Minnesota school that Bombay attended. So the Mighty Ducks movies, did you uh, like these as a kid or even now? I didn't even know there was a trilogy. I, th- I thought there was only one movie. Um, I haven't watched this film since I was a kid. Um, I remember it and I remember loving it. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I hadn't seen it. I had Mighty Ducks merch. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it all about. I mean, a, a, a mate of mine used to have um, always wear the jersey. Like it was, it would always wear like the hockey jersey every single day. Yeah, I had a Mighty Ducks hockey jersey as well. But I, I knew that there was three films to The Mighty Ducks. Like, I've, I remember the first one. I remember the second one. I remember, like, a little bit, I remember the third one. But no, this was a movie franchise that I enjoyed a lot. This is another one that if it comes on Christmas, I'm like, I'm all over that. And now that it's on uh, Disney+, Plus, I'm definitely going to definitely gonna try and watch it yeah because this is a really fun little film i I like the mighty ducks i've not bumped into anybody that hasn't liked the film you know i mean loved the film everyone if you talk to anybody about the mighty ducks it's one of those movies where you're like oh my god yeah mighty ducks is amazing um like i said i haven't seen it for a while so i can't comment on it but um yeah i think why not Let's let's have a little watch why not 
Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, I, I, I did think about watching it prior to this, but ran out of time. So uh, I'll have to uh, put that on a hold for another time. Characters of the animated series. So you've got Wild Wing, Flashblade. He was uh, saved by Canard back on Puckworld. He is the leader of the Ducks on and off the ice. He's reluctant to take charge, but he eventually comes to accept the role of leadership. Nosedive Flashblade. So he's the younger brother of Wildwing. And he was originally not intended to be part of the resistance, but Wildwing was like, yeah, basically you've got to take him or or I'm not involved. The brilliantly named Duke Alarange, who is a, a notorious jewel thief from Puckworld. But Duke changes his ways. And Mallory McMallard. And she's a fiery redhead who is well-learned in Puckworld's version of the martial arts. Although most of the time she's content with just using a puck blaster. You got Tanya Vanderflok, who is the Duck's resident genius, who is often the one turned to for advice, even by Wildwing. You've got Czech Hardwing, or Grin, who is a large, super strong member of the group with a Zen-like philosophy. And he's like, you know, he's the, he's not even like the stereotype of a typical like big guy. There's Phil Palmfeather, who is the Ducks manager when they are being a ice hockey team. And the main villain, Lord Dragonus. And he's the dragon-like leader of the Saurians and the last of the Saurian overlords. Dragonus is big, evil, strong, and he can breathe fire. So, what did you make of the animated series of The Mighty Ducks? Um, I, I can see myself liking this a lot when I was a kid. Um, uh, coming back to it as a fully grown adult, I was a bit like... It's, it's okay. Um, it's very action-y, very fast-paced. Um, um, I mean, I didn't like it that much, but it was a really good cartoon. I can see myself when it, like the, the younger me would have absolutely loved this show. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, I feel the same. A younger me would, would, would have been all over this. Maybe I was, hence why I got the, uh, the jersey. <sighs> yeah, I mean, there was something missing here for me with this like i i could yeah i could see parts of it being really really good and it can kind of go with that and then there's parts of it where i just thought what's going on here i don't really i don't really understand what's uh what's going on what's the uh the purpose of it i think it's like as you classically always say you know something to put on a lunchbox something that you know that they wanted to kind of sell off the back of the uh, the Mighty Ducks film, hence the cartoon. I think they tried to put it out there, but it didn't quite work out. I think they only got like one season. I don't think it kind of made it beyond its first kind of run. Yeah, it was very um, like t-shirt liney, um, you know, like you said, like captions, lunchboxes, you know, like merch, merch, merch kind of thing piggybacking obviously the success in the movies but on its own i don't think it carries that far no 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 and uh let's uh get into uh episodes now i know disney plus did have the pilot on here i watched face off part one and part two and then one other episode um yeah same so uh i do part one you do part two. Oh, so there's a there's a line in here that uh, um that actually really made me laugh so uh, anyway so start off um 
there's a cop he's not happy about these these ducks foiling his foiling a plot um he wanted a bit like batman where he's like they don't like the vigilante they want you know him to, like do you want the police to do it kind of thing uh so the ducks are playing hockey and they win um the cops talk to the the cops talking to the um mighty ducks manager it turns out it's like to find out where they came from what happened so they come from another universe canard is the team captain uh laughed again you know duck canard um this overlord guy wants to attack the planet because he got bashed up by old matey from before um da, 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 da. so the the, the overlords come make some make some uh, all the ducks slaves um, but they have like these rebel forces and they have a plan. Um, so Duke, was it Duke Olorange? That was his name? Yeah. Um, uh, he's a jewel thief, turns good and he decides to help. The science expert, oh, so when he's talking about Tanya, goes, she's a science, book, science expert and she's so good that she actually knew how to set the timer on a VCR. Um, so I actually laughed at that, that, that part. Um, uh, so anyway, so this is all the rebels and they go to attack the mothership kind of a bit like um independence day kind of attack on the mothership they basically uh managed to destroy the um so foil the kind of plot of the baddies but then they the baddies kind of escape down this like wormhole like um kind of light speed tunnel kind of thing and uh canard gets like um oh so the ship gets entangled in this like worm thing what they call it like an interdimensional worm or something like that and and it needs to feed on something and if it feeds on something it'll let go and it's right now it's feeding on the entire spacecraft and so canard decides to like sacrifice himself and he gets stuck in between like this interdimensional uh limbo thing yeah and then they end up on earth and that's that's the end of the first part Yep, um, I was going to say this was basically uh, a story that uh, their manager phil was telling them because obviously captain police captain cleghorn was like what the hell are ducks doing playing hockey i don't really believe your story so did you mention that canard sacrifices himself yeah yeah so he gets stuck yeah. in a limbo yeah so he kind of and he gives the mask to the new leader and so okay they're in earth and they kind of figure out what they need to do i think he used to be called the uh the mighty frogs the teams they used to be called the mighty frogs and they're coming to earth everybody gets freaked out about ducks and they're like, huh, what's going on? What's going on? And they're obviously like, ah! So they're alien talking ducks. And a guy shows them a hockey rink and they meet their new manager. And Phil, the manager, agrees to manage them. And they end up playing the roughest team. And they're playing great. And Phil wants them to go to the next level. And Phil is trying to get the Ducks to do normal stuff, but they kind of learn that they're hockey players by day, but crime fighters at night. And they take the decision. I think there's a someone's getting robbed, and they're like, oh, maybe leave them alone. It's not our, in our nature to save humans, but they end up, I think, doing it anyway. And yeah, so they, I think they stop a vigilante group trying to rob a bank. And uh, they're getting used to their new headquarters. And um, what's his name again? Uh, Wild Wing. He's having kind of doubts about being a leader. But obviously the others convince him how um, he is a leader. And he has to kind of accept his new role. And, and everybody else has to try and find their place in this new world. 
and Phil is uh, petrified by, I think he kind of goes along with the ducks on one of their adventures and they run into Dragonis and he's basically threatening everybody and the police officer is still not buying it and and yeah, so Dragonis is kind of vowing that the Mighty Ducks will come to an end and he kind of wants revenge on them and ah, la, 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 la. and obviously the, the Ducks are not happy that Peter told their story He's like, why are you telling them? And he's like, oh, well, people are going to freak out anyway because what are you guys? You guys are a bunch of ducks playing hockey. So people are going to freak out regardless. So uh, don't sweat that. And that was that episode. There was a part three of that, the final face-off, but I didn't uh, get around to watching that. I didn't even know there was a final face-off episode. Well, yeah, that's um, meant to be the finale. Uh, I watched episode three on okay. the list, which is called Traitors Among Us. Uh, and the baddies need a chip. In, they know it's in a five-mile radius, but they don't know exactly where it is. Uh, and this woman comes, uh, and they need to like, figure out a plan anyway. So they're, what they're going to do is get the Mighty Ducks to find it as their plan, right? So they get a uh, this woman. I've forgotten her name. She's called, like... Um, oh, I've forgotten her name. She's It's a stupid name, but... Um, uh, she goes in and she's like goes to the Mighty Ducks place and she's like, she's a baddie. She's kind of double crosser kind of thing. And she's like, she's a goodie, but then she's baddie. And then she's like, pretends to be a bad, uh, goodie, but she's really a baddie. And then anyway, so she goes to the, um, the uh, Mighty Ducks place and she turns up and Dive and um, Duke, Dukey boy is like fighting over her. They're kind of having this like, Oh, I want to, she's pretty woman kind of thing. And she, um, they, they decide that, um, I've forgotten how they figure it out, but they know that the baddies are looking for this place, and the baddies like laid a trap in the desert. They they say like we're going to pretend we're looking for it, so when they come, we're going to pretend to like get like uh, to run away, and then when they find what we were looking for, we will attack them. So, um, so when they when they arrive at the desert, uh, they they bash away the baddies, and they find this like little disc chip thing that is is in a spaceship, and they take it back to their, their their den, and the woman, when no one's looking, she kind of like zaps it to the to the um, to the baddies. And oh, sorry, I didn't write down, but she'd already like kidnapped Tanya because Tanya was the only one that knew that she was this um, this kind of like imposter kind of thing. Anyway, so Tanya's still missing, and the baddies fake the the, the woman, but she fakes the voice of Tanya and says like, "Oh, you got a." Um, take away the engine and, and get me the name of this part. Basically, just to keep him busy while she gives away the part, uh, the chip that she's meant to be getting. Then, when she sends the chip to the the baddies, the goodies come in and said, "Like, what the hell? Where's the chip gone?" And she says, "Oh, I sent it to the to the baddies because they've got my parents held captive." And they're like, "Oh no! I tell you what, let's go and get it back, and we'll save your parents whilst we're at it." So they go, the baddies kind of lair uh, where she she kind of leads them to that, but then she's double crosses him so so basically now she led him into another trap and um the baddies come in uh Midas come in and they cap that's not true that's not true sorry um so basically uh tanya comes whilst they're captured tanya comes in she rescues the, the the rest of the mighty duck sorry and um uh they get out the bad they sort of like kind of switch around they capture the baddies and um 
what what happened when so the, so the baddie's going to launch a uh, user chip to, to destroy a city when they do it the whole cannon that they're using blows up and um what it is is the the good guy what's his name bright wing good wing wild wing um he changed the chip because he kind of knew something was up so he gave her a dodgy chip and so she sent the other one for the baddie then they were like oh she must have the chip on her then and she they take another chip out and it does another blowing up thing turns out that both of the chips were were dodgy um uh, then they captured the baddies and they say um look we're going to blow this whole place up if you don't let us go and then they said well we don't have a choice and we'll have to let you go and then they blow it up anyway and they get out but yeah they're like oh you god darn it you tricked us um and that's the end of the episode cool i the last episode i watched was duck hard so this was kind of a play on to die hard and so, yeah, it starts with Phil. He wants, uh, who does he want? He wants um, Grin and Nosedive to kind of look good because I think he wants to try and get them some fashion sponsorships. And they're quite reluctant. And so uh, Captain Cleghorn, he's basically snooping around and he wants to have a look inside. And so he's like, look, police officers want to find out what's inside the building. You, it's either me or it's going to be the entire police force and so they're like okay fine and so they end up getting a warrant and uh, little do they know that Dragon- Dragoonis and his goons are t- trying to take over and they're basically infiltrating and uh, Wildwing can't get in because they've changed the code but Wildwing and Cleghorn are going through the emergency entrance and you know, meanwhile, Phil's got Grin and Nosedive and they're trying to, uh, he's trying to give him the slip. But then, um, yeah, gives him the slip and they're, 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 they're really reluctant about going shopping. And so basically the baddies are all inside. They're, they're, they've got the whole Duck HQ on lockdown. It's theirs. They've got the, uh, the others. So Duke, Mallory and Tanya all trapped so they basically can't do anything Wildwing is trying to save them and yeah so yeah they're trying to get in but then i think they're they're they're, they're being stopped by i wrote lizard daleks because apparently they're like lizard looking aliens and they kept shouting exterminate 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 i don't think they were quite dalek-y in that sense but they were literally shouting exterminate 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 and then the ducks break they break out of the chains that they're in. They're starting to fight back. And Wild Wing ends up joining the fight. And Phil catches up with the uh, Grin and Nosedive. He makes them buy suits. And yeah, so uh Peter is coming back with uh, donuts and coffee, and he's like, What the hell's going on? And then Basically, the baddies, they knock out the police officers and all the ducks that were fighting. And then a donut rolls over to Cleghorn. He smells it and he gets the energy because obviously police officer loves a bit of donuts. And the missiles are about to blow, but then they, yeah, they, 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 they stop the missiles from blowing. They turn it into like these pucks and they're like using it for fireworks for the big game. And yeah, they end up playing their game and they end up winning the championship. And all is right in Duckburg. Not Duckburg. That's in, that's DuckTales. But um, wherever the hell they are, Canard or 
Duck World or whatever, Puckland, whatever. And yeah, that was the end of the Mighty Ducks, the animated series. Do you have any last thoughts on this? No, it was all right. Like I said, I think this is one for a younger me. Um, I wasn't really interested this time around. Um, a lot going on, very fast-paced and action-y. Um, yeah, I would have loved this as a kid. But yeah. um, this time around, I wasn't that <laughs> interested. Yeah, same. This would have been something that I would have been all over as a kid. And uh, yeah, so... Um... Yeah, I mean that's that's all I have to say about that. And uh yeah, we'll bring it we'll bring the episode to an end. Uh yeah, yesterday's capers is available wherever you get your uh, podcast from. Uh give us a listen, give us a shout, tell us what you think, if you like it, if you don't like it. And uh you can find us on the socials at facebook.com forward slash yesterday's capers. On Instagram, it's yesterday's capers one. On Twitter it's yesterday capers. You can find me on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. You can find me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word. Give me a holler, give me a shout, and uh, join us next time for another episode of Yesterday's Capers. <laughs>